Hi, welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. I just wanted to make a quick apology before we start this episode. Um, while recording this episode, there was a child in the background watching some videos. There's a little bit of noise, um, but I don't think it distracts from the story or interferes with the like the ability to hear the story. But hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. This week I have Coral with me. And um, we're going to start with a quick word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, please be with Coral and I as we record these stories that she has. Please just let them um, bring glory to your name and help them to touch people's lives so that they may see you um, in how you work in people's lives. Amen. Amen. My first story I want to talk about, it happened about this time of year when I was a little girl. And it does, it does show how we can exhibits God's love to others and how we have no idea of the far-reaching um, aspects of, of little random acts of kindness and showing God's love to others. So when I was um, a, a little girl, we were very poor. Um, I was the youngest of four girls, so I had um, all the handy-downs and by the time the shoes got to me, they were pretty well worn. In fact, I remember I had a template of, of cardboard that I would keep so that I could keep cutting out more cardboard to go in the shoes mm -hmm. to keep the holes from, you know, my feet from touching the ground. Yeah. And so um, it was cold um, and snowy, and I uh, standing at the bus stop, and my feet got so, so cold. I stomped my feet in the snow. I um, I walked around. My sister, older sister, tried to uh, console me, but I was I was a bit of a wimp. I was crying. That's all there was to it. And then the the bus finally came. It was late because uh, the bad roads because of the snow. So um, when I got on the bus, one of the neighbor girls uh, said, "Here, corals." Set, by, set over here in this seat because that's where the heater's at. And so I sat there, and then as my feet warmed up, oh, my, they got very, very painful. It hurt Aww. a lot. So um, but then when the bus got to the school and I got into the uh, classroom, there was I was just flat out crying. Probably was in, like, the third grade. Um, and so I sat down on my chair and... Um, was just trying to get myself back together. And um, I was probably the, um, the poorest kid in my class. And then the richest girl in my class was Laverne. And so Laverne didn't say anything to me. She just goes over and puts her nice expensive shawl on the heater and then just quietly comes over and uh, takes my shoes off and wraps them up in this warm shawl. Aww. That is just, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting old, you know, and I, that story still brings, um, you know, tears to me because it was a, a random act of kindness in showing God's love, but she didn't care. She didn't care that I was poor. She didn't care that I was a different religion. She didn't care whether my feet were clean or not. She just saw the need and and fulfilled that need. She didn't she didn't come over and say, Oh, you poor dear, blah blah blah. Uh -huh. She just 
she just went ahead and did what needed to be done. And oh. I think that that is a huge um, example of God's love for us and how we can do other random acts of kindness and, and loving things that, that we don't know the far-reaching um, implications or impact that it has on people. Because that's, that's probably, you know, a long, long time ago. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> 60 years ago. And it still is very dear to my heart. I would want you to, I would, I would encourage other people, if you could, if you could have that impact, if you could do that and show God's love uh, to somebody that they would remember that for 60 years and bring, um, you know, a lump in their throat when they recall it, yeah. that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. It's the little things that make a difference in a Amen. lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Don't let any barriers stop you from um, from doing those things. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome story. All right, and so now you have more stories. I do have more stories. You know, everybody has stories in their lives, and you think back at it, and you think, "Damn, I, that was God working." Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, we don't see it until after it's been a while. Right. And we look back and like, "Oh, that was God." Mm-hmm. So, um, one thing that I wanted to, story I wanted to tell you is that when I was uh, growing up, uh, I was taught to be the good little girl, to serve others, to be quiet, that the children were to be seen and not heard, mm-hmm. and to always put the other person in front of me. And um, it wasn't until I was in college, I was sitting in church, and... Um, the sermon was on love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. and the, I I agreed with that. You know, he went on about how we're supposed to love our neighbor, and um, and I could do all that. I could do anything to help him. And, you know, I agreed with that. And then, then the preacher turned and he said, "But it, the rest of the verse it says to love your neighbor as yourself. So you're supposed to love yourself." Oh, that was it new concept. I was supposed to like myself. I was supposed to love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, it was just like a light bulb went off, and I, and I thought, oh, God did die for me. I do have value that um, I, am, I am worth something, mm-hmm. and I am supposed to care for myself. I am supposed to take care of myself. And it was a whole new concept. But then I realized that you, in order to truly love your neighbor, you have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And it gives a whole new uh, value to yourself when you realize that Christ died for me. Mm-hmm. If Christ died for me, but I still don't value myself, am I diminishing what he did? That... The king of the universe died for me, so that gives me a whole lot of value. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a little hard for me to grasp, and it took me quite a few years to, to fully, you know, realize that. But um, when you come to the cross, what do you leave at the cross? And one of the things I left at the cross was my low self-esteem. Mm. And um, and 
to uh, to um, fully accept Christ's gift is a, a huge thing, and it puts you on a puts you on a more even keel. Yeah. And uh, you can help others better when you when you have that, and you can identify. I think, and I looking back when I first when I started to um, realize that Christ died for me and that I had value, that I was able to. Uh, I was able to um, to look at um, other people's needs and be able to identify them more mm. readily. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe that's what, you know, we'll, we'll learn through endless ages, but I think maybe that's more what God was saying, to love your neighbor as yourself, that mm. you have to, have to love yourself also. You have to see your needs so you can see theirs. Right. Um, so anyway, I don't know if I'm quite all the way there yet, but... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if any of us will ever get all the way there. Yeah. But that's so awesome because like, God does love us. He knows mm -hmm. the number of hairs on our head. And like, he thinks that we are important. And then also, you know, you have to take care of your own needs so you can take care of others. Like if you're tired and sleep deprived or if you're cold, like you're not going to be very ready to help somebody. Right. You're focused mm -hmm. on, I need this. Or even to see that they need something. Yeah. When you're tired and um, if you haven't taken care of yourself. But um, I would say that's still, I'm still on that journey. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. Uh, yep. And um, then I wanted to tell another story about what Christ, you know, some of the things that, that Christ has done for me. You know, when people say Christ has made me happy and set me free, I understand that's a wonderful thing. But sometimes I need um, concrete examples. Yeah. As to what what um, what Christ has done for for others, and and this is just a story, but it's 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 huge to me. Mm -hmm. um, I had a sister that was abducted in 1977, December of 77, and we've never found her. But mm. she was married, and she had a little boy. Um, the man they caught this man that had her credit cards and things that. Um, he had bought with her credit cards, and the fibers on his boot matched the fibers in the store where she was working. And so um, they um, put him in prison on an escape charge because he'd already committed a crime that he was on a work release program, and he escaped from the work release. And so they put him on that in prison in Walla Walla on that, and they were putting together the case to charge him with Mary's disappearance. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and while he was in Walla Walla there, he was stabbed to death by the other inmates. Oh, wow. But I hated this man. I hated him. I hated him. I hated him. Um, actually, before, before he was killed, my brother-in-law and I actually talked. I mean, you can't believe. What we, I mean, I hated him. Yeah. You know, we wanted to, we wanted to um, uh, spring him from prison and torture him till he told us where Mary was at. Oh. Go, that's, that's pretty evil thoughts. Yeah. You but know? I mean, he took your sister yeah. from you. I mean. So, um, anyway, then after he was killed, I still, that hate, it was just a consuming hate. Um, and I, I knew that that had something to do with my salvation, that that, that could keep me away from heaven and my Lord Jesus. 
And I prayed for that hate to go away. And I earnestly prayed for that hate to go away. I didn't like it. I wanted it gone. And I just didn't seem to have what it took to get rid of that hate. And so um, we uh, we formed some small groups at church, and and my my request when it came my turn was for that for them to pray for that hate to go away. Mm. And they all came together and they laid hands on me and they prayed that that hate would leave me. And the next morning, the very next morning, I couldn't remember that man's name. Wow! And that hate was gone. He had three first names, like you know. John Henry Frank or something. Yeah. Uh, but And that's all I could remember is that he had three first names. And I will go back and look. Uh, I'll type in my sister's name, and the articles will come up, and I go, oh, yeah, that's his name. But I still can't remember his name. And wow. that hate is gone. And that is a huge miracle. And it's that intercessory prayer that that took that, that, took that away from, from me, and that's good. Uh, so I want to encourage everybody to keep praying for others. Because especially if somebody asks you to pray for them for something that they can't seem to get over, it's not that they don't want to get over it. It's not that they're not earnestly praying, but sometimes you need that intercessory prayer to help them over that hump. Yeah. And so that that's huge. So I want to encourage everybody to keep keep praying for others. Yeah. That's so good, because I know the Bible talks a lot about, you know, about if two or more are gathered, that's when, you know, God answers and hears our prayers. And then also, like, how as Christians, we're supposed to come alongside Amen. each other mm-hmm. and help each other. And I think that's through prayer, like, not just through actions, but through prayer. Amen. And then there's, a, there's another side to that, is some of us Christians are kind of proud, you know. We're not, we shouldn't be, but we are kind of proud. Mm-hmm. And so, if we confess that we actually have this problem, mm-hmm. that's the first step. And may, you know, that's the first step. And some of us are, are, are too proud or ashamed to say that I have this problem, mm-hmm. you know, and I need help. And that, that is so hard. I know that's mm-hmm. hard for me to like come and be like, will you pray for me about this? Like, yeah. I'm like, I pray for myself. I don't want to tell anybody. I know it. Yeah. It's kind of that. Uh-huh. Um, but we do need to be, vulnerable and humble and that I have another fantastic story about another sister of mine Mm -hmm. my sister Christine uh, was born with cerebral palsy and they told my mother that they should just put her in the institution because she'd never be able to walk or talk and my mother said I don't think so that's (laughs) not going to happen and so um Christine didn't uh, learn to walk till she was, I believe, four years old. But um, she went to um, some some special schools. But she had several eye surgeries because uh, her eyes kind of went in different directions. And but she was um, as actually with cerebral palsy, she actually is was better off than most of them because um, she could walk and she and and. And talk and, and and she went a lot of, to a lot of speech therapy, but as she uh, got older, it kind of just sounded like she had a cute accent. Oh, you know, yeah. Not, not that she had a speech impediment, um, but she never could learn to read. Mm. She just and she wanted to read so bad. She only went through 
I think, the fifth grade. She just couldn't do it, and the kids were so mean to her. One kid pushed her in front of the school bus, and the school bus almost <gasps> ran over her. Oh, my goodness. But um, she really wanted to read. Mm -hmm. But as I took her in her later years, I'd take her to the store to go shopping, and she would buy, she would pick up sour cream when she wanted cottage cheese, but she hated she hated sour cream. <laughs> but she just couldn't read. Yeah. It was in a similar container. You they know? are, yep. yeah. And she wanted to read so bad, and she just said so many times, I don't know why they couldn't teach me to read. It's just, she just, and she'd say, well, you have it, you have it so much better, Coral, because you can read. Mm -hmm. You can drive a car, and you can read. Those two things were pretty important to her. But the miracle here is the one and only thing she could read was her Bible. Oh, wow. And when you think about it, the Bible is hard. It has some pretty hard words in it. And usually the print in the Bible yeah. is small, like even yeah. if you get large print. Yeah. And, and she, wore, she wore her glasses to read, for sure. Yeah. But she could read her Bible. Wow. And that was, that was huge. That's, that's, that's a huge miracle. Yeah. That, that is divine intervention. She couldn't tell whether she's buying cottage cheese or, uh, or sour cream, but she could read her Bible. Wow. And um, that, uh, that to me is just such a wonderful gift that God gave her. That is. That's really awesome. Do you have any more short stories that you want to share? Oh, sure. Sure. Um, um, so often in um, my adult life, mm -hmm. <laughs> you would say, you know, it usually was funds. You run low on funds. Mm -hmm. You have something that come up, and you just, you have no idea how you're going to get the money to pay for this. You know, it just is like, here I am, Lord. You yeah. Know, I'm in this spot. And no matter what it, what it was, God always gave me enough. Never, never gave, trusted me with any extra. <laughs> he always gave me enough. Um, one time, I just got unexpectedly got this check in the mail from uh, a tower company that where we have we. Is a radio uh, or cell tower? The, the cell tower. Okay. And, but I, I was counting on that that monthly check, you know, to do things. But all of a sudden, I got this check. For two thousand some odd dollars, for a back payment for other customers that had jumped on the tower that I wasn't even aware of, but what I needed was just like ten dollars less than the check. Oh wow! You know, it's like God is good. Yeah, <laughs> He is. Wow! And so it's it's amazing, and um, so many things now like. Um, I had put up, at the fair, I'd put up a little sign that said, tell us your needs. We'll see, we'll pray about it and see what we, between the good Lord and us, what we can do to help. Mm -hmm. And this lady said, oh, Coral, I need somebody to watch my mother when I go out of town because I can't leave her by herself. And so I said, I can do that. That's something I can do. And so... Then, 
And this friend of mine was having a real hard time, you know, paying her rent. Yeah. And so, and she was a caregiver. And I said, you know, I'm going to set for this lady, but this, they need they need somebody to help them out all the time. And she said, oh, that would be a lifesaver. So then she goes over there and she gets a job. And then she says, well, and that pays my rent now. I That is good. Um, but she didn't have any extra. But then... Um, I went to senior center with my sister, and somebody asked me, I need a caregiver. Do you know of anybody? And I said, well, yes, I do. Wow. And so then I go back go back to the lady, and then she gets another job. So now she has enough money to help pay for her groceries and her gas. and So God so is good. That's really awesome because you started out by helping one person. Yeah. And by helping that person, you were able to help another. Yeah, yeah. right. Wow. And so it's amazing. How that how that works? Yeah, that's so cool, right? And um, I always think it's so cool to hear the stories of God's like blessings, like when He blesses one person, it often like you know the Bible verse about it, it's overflowing. It often right. overflows and Amen. affects more people's life. I I think of Paul Harvey, and I go, well, that's not the rest of the story. <laughs> There's more. There's more. <laughs> There's more. You oh. know, and God God does keep blessing. And uh, and it's it's such a wonderful blessing to be part of that. It is. It really is. You can one more. One more. Yeah. Okay. I um I was my boys were probably about eleven and twelve somewhere in there, and I had an international travel all, and I came up the hill and it was icy again. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I'd always stop for the mail, and I stopped for the mail, and then I went to go up the driveway, and it didn't go. Just Uh-oh. sit there, and I got, you know, so he thought, well, I guess I'll sit her and decide what I'm going to do. And I, so I, I put my foot on the brake, and I slid right across the road. Right across the road, right across the road is down until you get to the river, which, I don't know how. Very far. Very far. Yeah. Long, long, long ways. So... My heart was just a thump and thump and thump because it didn't go. We didn't go over. We stopped right at the edge. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I told the kids to get out, obviously on the uphill side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and told them to go up and call the neighbor, because I thought I'm just a wreck, you know. Yeah. And so um, the neighbor had run a stob in his eye, uh, skidding logs that day, and so he was not able to help me. So I um, I said a prayer, and I backed down to the lower driveway, and then was able to just drive up the drive the driveway. Uh-huh. And um, but then I thought I'm going to go down there to see what it was that stopped me. Yeah, I thought well, maybe there's a ridge of gravel or something there that stopped me. And so I took the flashlight and and walked down there, and it was kind of hard because you could hardly stand up; it was so slick. Yeah, but it was a pure sheet of ice that went just curved right over the road, and there was nothing. There wasn't a a rock or sand or gravel or a stick. Nothing should have stopped me. Wow. So it was God. I I can just picture my angel's hands (laughs) hanging up, you know, holding the car up. Oh, wow. When we get to heaven, we'll find out all the times God saved us. And we when we know. were unaware yeah. that we were even in danger. 
Wow. So um, I'm sure that's going to be one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. I know there's so many times when we don't realize that when we get to heaven, we're like, I wasn't safe, God, or you saved me in that instance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be so cool to hear. Right. Oh. And uh, we'll, we'll spend endless ages listening to all that, yeah. I'm sure. But I'm not, you know, we don't know exactly how it all is going to roll, but we're not going to cry. There's not going to be a tear. Mm-hmm. So it's all going to just be joy, uh, rejoicing of how he saved us. Yeah, that's so true. It is. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You betcha. I greatly appreciate it. You betcha. All right. Well, bye to everybody uh-huh. listening. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, all. We're so excited that you're tuning in to listen to our Christmas episode. But probably not on Christmas Day, unless you are. Then you're committed. Yeah, we're not that committed, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are committed. We're making this on Christmas Eve. We are, but we just edited. We're not that committed to listening. It again. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we listen to it again after we just said all the things and we know what we said is what I mean. Because you haven't listened to Coral's part yet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, um, well, we're so excited to be doing this. Other than we're really tired and it's been long weeks for both of us, but we're excited to talk about Christmas. Um, this has been a work in progress. We wanted somebody to tell a Christmas story, and while Coral did share some stories that were related to the winter season and were very somewhat Christmassy, we felt the need to talk more about Christmas to make this more of a Christmas episode. Yeah. And more special for the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, we sat and talked a lot about, well, what does a Christmas episode look like? And we were like, um, don't know. So we kind of thought about it, prayed about it, and then we kind of decided on this. And Yeah, because, like, you know, Halloween one, like, we knew our pastor Be- pastor's wife, Becky, had that story, and she's had it for a while, you know. And so that was easy. Like, oh, that's a perfect Halloween. Thanksgiving, well, that's, that's it was in the name. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, um, and we even have plans for Valentine's that we think are pretty good mm-hmm. but christmas apparently has been a little bit harder for us and camus was just kind of sharing to me a little bit about why for her did you want to share that sure world? i guess <laughs> you don't have to um but i feel like i make everybody else share things they don't want to <laughs> yeah basically the story of kylie asking people um so at least I guess for our family growing up Christmas wasn't, like, a super spiritual aspect of it all. Like, there was definitely, like, family and gift-giving and getting together, having food, and having community, like, especially, like, really, like, tight-knit family like we were. It was just a nice time to rest. Dad wouldn't work that day. And, like, obviously, we wouldn't have to do school and all that fun stuff. And, like, there was definitely a spiritual aspect, as there's always been in our home. Like, we always do morning and evening worship. But, like, I can't really remember us specifically talking about the birth of Christ on that day. Like, yeah. So, like, definitely God was there and, like, family and food and, like, getting together and having community. But not necessarily, like, the reason for the season, like, Jesus being born. Yeah. And I think, like, what like what you're, like, like, what the experience was is just, like, it wasn't that we, like, cut Jesus out of it. Because, like, we never, like... M- 
our mom always like straight up when we were little was like, well, Santa's not real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Christmas is about Christ's birth. And like, we, you know, we do like the church stuff during the month of December for Christmas and stuff. And then, you know, we always hear sermons about it and stuff. But I think like really like what it, what you mean is like on Christmas, we didn't like sit down and like talk about this is Jesus's birthday and this is us celebrating that. And this is what the gift is that Jesus gave us. Yeah, definitely. Because we went to church every week and we definitely enjoyed Christmas. We dress up for that, you know, Saturday for, you know, the Christmas program. And we definitely would enjoy it and partake, even if, like, all the singing wasn't our thing. Um, but so, I think, so we've decided this is kind of a time for us to reflect. What is Christmas then? And, like, what does this gift mean? Mm-hmm. And why or how we do or should really celebrate it. Is that kind of like what we're thinking right now? I guess. We're, we're that's not, what we have written down. That's what we have written down. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, so what does it mean? Or like what should it mean, you know? I guess for like what should it mean is like like family. I definitely think is a big part of it. And like just reaching out and having communion with your family. Because a lot of times we're all scattered to the wind and you don't really get to see or sit down and talk with your family except over the holidays. But also like the spiritual aspect of like, you know, reading the story of Christ, like, and they were like talking about how he came down to save us and just like reflect on like, hey, like this is a great gift that we're given. Like we get a lot of great gifts over the season, but like we got a greater one even in that. And I think like Kylie and I, we went to visit some of our friends from church that we hadn't seen in a while because of COVID consciousness and all of that. And I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, oh, we should really do this more. Like we don't, but it would be really cool to like, you know, visit more people that don't get the chance to get out or don't have big families, especially over the holidays. Cause it can be really lonely when you don't have all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think like really what you're saying is the time to celebrate and as any celebration, we should come together. But I think like, what we're kind of like talking about like I don't know if you're like verbalizing it as well as you like mean to but like we talked about before we got into this like it really should be about like celebrating Jesus and Jesus's birth and like I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with like celebrating it with like family food friends and presents but like ultimately keeping the spiritual aspect of talking about like this is the story of Christ and like while it's about his birth I think we also do like need to talk about like his death, because, like, the only reason he was born was to die for us. hmm Yeah. Because I think it's really easy, like, especially in our society, com- Christmas is very commercialized, and there are also a lot of different aspects that play into it now, like Santa and reindeer and snowmen and, like... And Rudolph. Yeah. So it can be easy to kind of get lost in all of that and, like, kind of forget why. But, like, ultimately... Our focus should be not that it always is, um, but that Jesus came down and He saved us. Like, and no other religion do you have the God of the universe that created all mankind come down and die for His own creation. And like, the pinnacle of our faith is the humiliation of our God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of like what we we're talking about—the gifts at Christmas and like Jesus being the ultimate gift. It's like. Yeah, no, nobody else could give, like, a better gift. So, like, like he's, his dying gives us the chance to have eternal life. And there's nothing, like, 
that possibly can even compare to that. No. And it's just kind of like, like you're saying, it's a beautiful thing. It's like, it's a very humbling thing. And like, it's a very humbled position for God to take. And like, we as humans often don't want to be in a humbled position. Mm-hmm. We're, we have like our own insecurities and things like that. And, like, Coral, I know Kylie mentioned this, that she talked about in her episode, like, sometimes, like, it's a struggle to even love ourselves. So, like, we have these mechanisms or these ways to deal with it. So, we we don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to put ourselves in that low position because we don't think well enough of ourselves to put ourselves in that position. And so, yeah, we're so insecure in that and, like, fighting to show you, like, oh, we have worth. And God's like, hey, like, I already knew that. I came down and died for you. And, like, I humbled myself to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Like, you can, like, you know, come down a little bit and visit your neighbor and say hi and be nice, you know, like, mm-hmm. in the nicest way possible, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's really a time of reflection. Like, because I mean, I think like all year, and especially a lot of times like he- Easter and Christmas, you know, we think about like what God has done for us and like what salvation is. But I think that it's just really such a time that there's a lot of stuff around us like talking about this, uh, talking about Jesus's gift. And it just really is a time to like say, wow, he's done all of this for us. What can we do for others? And even if we're not necessarily consciously thinking that, I think a lot of people are more like, what can I do for others in this time? Yeah. Cause I don't know why, but holiday season is a big season for giving. Like that's statistically shown. And like lots of people say, you know, people are more receptive. Like they want to talk. Like there's that loneliness. I was talking to a lady the other day and she's talking about how she likes Christmas, but it makes her think back to all the ones she's lost as well. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's kind of sad to think, you know, like, that there are those people lonely and they're kind of reaching out in this time of year. And so, like, we should remember that and be extra kind and extra special. And, like, especially because Jesus, you know, he came to this earth to save all of us, even the lonely people. And that's specifically who he came for. So we should especially be reaching out. Yeah. And so I think that kind of brings us to, like, why we celebrate. And I think, you know, kind of like we've said, because, you know, it is actually a time um, to celebrate the birth of Christ and to think about his sacrifice and his how he was humbled himself. Mm-hmm. And then just, so like, think it's a, it's a hard time for others. And, like, do we do want to, like, bring, as you said earlier in the night, Christmas joy <laughs> to others? <laughs> We're going to be a Hallmark movie here oh, in goodness. a minute. <laughs> um do you want to buy my inn? <laughs> uh, no, you can keep your inn. Uh, we might have watched one or two Hallmark movies. Uh, yeah, maybe a lot. <laughs> uh, um, no, but like I completely agree. It's like we celebrate it, and like we don't always celebrate it right. But like that's part of human nature. Like we don't all get it right one hundred percent of the time, unfortunately. And you know, but like. Yeah, we do celebrate it. We celebrate it as a time to, like, think back on Christ's birth, to, you know, share that joys with others by giving them gifts. Like, as the little children, your mom always tells you, it's better to give than receive. And you're like, Mom, that's so stupid. You know nothing. (laughs) You just let them say that, but you're like, okay, but can you hand me my present? (laughs) Yeah, but as you get older, you realize it is. And so, like, just to remember that, like, giving is great and also, like, our God is great and that he gave us one of the greatest gifts ever, the greatest gift ever. 
So, yeah, that's kind of why we choose to celebrate it. Yeah. And I guess that's it. We're going to keep remembering to make our holidays a spiritual celebration and not just a celebration of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in saying that, I hope you guys remember that too. When you sit down, open your presents or sit down at Christmas dinner or whatever it is that you remember what this is all about. Or even if you don't celebrate it, because we have quite a few friends this year that decided not to, but to at least still take time and to think back on the gift that Jesus gave us, his life, and coming down to this earth to give us eternal life and save us from this mess that we got ourselves into. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, y'all. Bye.